0: It's been almost two months since we launched SheLaunch, and you know when you love something so much that you want to do it every single day? That is me on the coaching calls inside SheLaunch. I literally want to do them every single day. I love it. And for those of you that have not heard of SheLaunch, it is for female coaches, consultants, and service providers who are wanting to earn six figures online with their dream business. Inside, we teach sales, marketing leads, mindset, AI, offer mastery, and so much more. We also have just launched the She Launch CRM. Yep, we have our very own amazing CRM now, which I'm so excited about. Now, I believe this is the best online business and mindset training for female entrepreneurs, but don't take my word for it. Here is what Eilish has to say about it. The community is absolutely incredible as well. That's another thing that I really love about She SheLaunch. Again, I've been in masterminds where the community's been either dead in the water or it's just had a weird vibe. <laughs> And with She Launch, the community is nurturing, they're really kind to each other, they're so supportive, and you feel like you are part of something really special. So if you are thinking about joining, jump on a call and then see what you think because I know that you won't be disappointed. And this is what Rita thinks. I had absolutely loved every second of the She Launch program. I cannot explain how deeply transformative it has been for me personally. I am eternally grateful. It is worth every cent and I would highly recommend it to anybody. And here's what Belinda thinks. Signing up for She Launch is one of the best decisions I ever made. The content is extensive and Groundbreaking, amazing. Uh, Melissa and all the team are so supportive, helpful, always there for you, and really loving kindness. Plus, the connections I've made with the ladies that are in the group have been exceptional. We're all a team, we all support each other. If you're going to do something, sign up for She Launch. It's Amazing. Babe, I would love and be honored to work with you. All you have to do is head to SheLaunch.com for all the details. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Head to SheLaunch.com and I cannot wait to meet you. This is episode number 313 with Amy Rupp. possible are you ready beautiful if you want to listen to my episodes one day earlier than they are released anywhere else you have to download the app himalaya and follow my show Himalaya is free super easy to use and has every podcast you can think of I love that you can leave comments under each episode and even create episode playlists make sure you check it out today. Amy is a renowned women's health and wellness expert and the best-selling author of the books Chill Out and Get Healthy, Yes You Can Get Pregnant and Body Belief. She is a licensed acupuncturist and herbalist in a private practice in New York. She holds a master's in traditional oriental medicine and a bachelor's degree in biology. She's also the founder of the Amy Rupp Beauty line of handcrafted organic skincare products. She has appeared on The View and has been featured in Glamour, Allura, Well and Good, Goop, Shape and Reebok and has received endorsements from Deepak Chopra, Dr. Christiane Northrup and Arianna Huffington for her work in helping thousands of women to improve their vitality, celebrate their beauty and reconnect to the presence of their optimal health. She's also the head of Chinese medicine at The Well an active columnist for media outlets including Thrive Global, Well and Good, Mind Body Green, and is a frequent speaker at women's health and wellness conferences across the globe. She engages her large community worldwide through her online programs and on her website. And in today's episode, we chat about why she was called to herbalism and traditional oriental medicine. The hidden key to optimal fertility that so many women overlook, but that makes such a difference to your ability to conceive. The nine factors that could be harming your fertility and sabotaging your dream of getting pregnant. The three vital elements of Chinese medicine that you need to thrive and how you can cultivate them. The silent killer that's damaging your physical and mental health and why you need to take action immediately to avoid it how to renew your hope, even if you've been trying to get pregnant for a really long time and you've started to lose faith, the inspiring story of eight years of conscious conception and how you can create your own pregnancy success story too, how to make the impossible happen, the little-known keys to boosting your fertility, reawakening your health and getting pregnant faster, plus so much more. You guys are going to love this episode. And for everything that Amy and I mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes. And that's over at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 313. But before we dive into this juicy conversation, I want to read the review of the week. And this week, it's a five-star review from Nada Chandra. And it is titled, Down to Earth Wisdom. And she says, Thank you so much, Melissa, for your incredible down-to-earth wisdom. I've been listening to your podcast for a few months, and I'm continuously inspired by your topics. It has also really shaped me on my own journey. You shed light onto such important topics, and I'm ever so grateful to have your podcast in my life. Absolutely my favorite. Thank you so much for that review. I am so grateful and so touched. Thank you, darling. And as a little thank you to you and anyone who leaves a review, please send me a screenshot to hello at melissaambrosini.com. And as a thank you, I'm going to send you my wildly wealthy guided meditation. And if you want to get my bursting with love guided meditation, all you have to do is leave me a review on Amazon for Mastering Your Mean Girl or Open Wide or both and send me a screenshot and I'll send that over to you straight away. And now, without further ado, let's bring on the incredible Amy Rupp. Amy, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Before we dive in, can you tell us what you had for breakfast this morning? Oh, I made a smoothie.
1: I had a smoothie with it was a coconut milk and water and spinach and raspberries, collagen peptides, naked greens. They just sent me their formulation. So the naked greens, like two scoops of that. I think that was it. And I had coffee. I always have coffee with collagen peptides and some coconut milk. Oh, I love smoothies so much. Yeah. I blanched, okay, For my smoothies, I blanched my greens and they're always room temperature. So oh, I could say that, yes.
0: Yes, exactly. Which I want to talk about with you later. Just to give a little bit of background into you. So you are a herbalist. You've studied traditional oriental medicine, which I have never heard of because I see an acupuncturist, they do traditional Chinese medicine or classical. Same thing. It's interchangeable. Oh, right. Okay. So it's the same sort of thing. So tell us how you got into this work.
1: So I've been practicing traditional Oriental Chinese medicine for 16 years. And about 20 years ago, I was studying Western medicine, about to become a medical doctor. And I always say that one of the best things that happened to me was I didn't get into medical school the first time I applied. I didn't always say that, but I say that now. In hindsight, for a while, I felt like a failure for sure. And, you know, that led me down a path of I was doing graduate work in neuroscience Alzheimer's disease, and just, you know, simultaneously, my grandmother was dealing with Alzheimer's disease, and I was seeing how it was impacting the family and what was going on, and how she was really depressed when the onset. And yet, we were just sitting in this lab looking at these and seeing what would change. And I just kept saying, you know, on the, when we would have our meetings, like, we're not looking at the whole picture. What about their diet? What about their emotional state? And my mentor at the time, who was close to retiring, you know, worked at the medical school for many years. Really into Chinese medicine, and he he kind of pushed me down the path. He was just like, "I think you have too much compassion." That's what he said to me. You have so much compassion, you'll be ruined by the field. And he said, "You're just going to get out, and you're going to prescribe. You're not going to be happy." You know, I think you should pursue this. And so, one thing led to. It, there was a lot of synchronicities, if you will, that led to me pursuing studying Chinese medicine. But I never looked back. You know, I love. The medicine I practice. And then over the years, I mean, I think I just, you know, I was able to write a, educate women and started to like reach the masses. And it's just, it's just such a special way of looking at health and, and lifestyle, you know, beyond acupuncture. Most of us know acupuncture, but, you know, traditional Chinese medicine is acupuncture, herbs, lifestyle, diet, philosophy, and spirituality. And so when all of that combined, it's just such a, a beautiful medicine and it really helps people reawaken themselves. So yeah.
0: It's incredible. And I love that you are about the holistic package. It's not just about what you eat or how many hours sleep you get or the water you drink. Like it's everything you've got to take into consideration everything. And the way that I discovered you was one of my best girlfriends, she was trying to fall pregnant for five years and she read your book, And I went over to her house one day and it was on the top of her like pile next to her bed. And I said, oh, what's this? And I picked it up and and she's like, this book has helped me so much. And to be honest, because I'm an author, what really caught me was the title, which is yes, you can get pregnant. And I thought, wow, like my marketing hat was like, wow, that's such a bold statement to make. So I want to know, do you really think that every single person can get pregnant? What about those people that like literally can't? Or do you say that everyone
1: can? I mean, I think I would want to know why can't. Like, do they not have a uterus? That, that's one reason you can't get pregnant, right? Are you no longer menstruating? Have you been in menopause? Maybe that's another potential reason. And by no longer menstruating, I don't mean like hypothalamic amenorrhea or failure in a woman who's still in her 30s. Do you think that stuff, and I've seen it clinically, it is is reversible and treatable. We might have to be pretty aggressive, but we can do it. So yeah, the title does come, it it was intentional that way, to be bold. And, And I do believe that if a woman is still I would say menstruating and ovulating, even with irregularity, we can restore a normal cycle and we can help her get pregnant. I've had women with SHs, very low AMHs, women diagnosed with premature ovarian failure. I mean, you name it, you know, I just hung up the phone with a, a patient of mine who's in Australia who is 36 weeks pregnant and she had me hysterical crying at the end of the call me. She had just gone through her third miscarriage and, you know, couldn't find the help that she needed. And she just basically, I just said this to my mom as I ran downstairs, she used this call the last half hour was basically just to tell me all the ways I helped her shift her life. And she said, this wasn't just about fertility, you know, and she was told time and time again, donor egg was her only option, you know, that this wasn't going to happen for her naturally and or without fertility treatments. And she did it all naturally and she didn't need a donor egg and he's a healthy baby boy. And she's 41. So, you know, and this is her first child. So I've just seen all the cases where this has been told this is impossible. And I've seen the possible happen. I've had cases where it didn't work. Sure. But like I have one woman I'm working with now who's like, I really just want to come to peace and know that I've tried everything. And we're helping her shift her mindset to be open to other means of becoming a mother, whether that is donor or that is adoption. But one thing I always say is, we help women get pregnant. I just, I feel like I'm there to support them to become the best version of themselves. And and typically when they do that, fertility does thrive as an extension of that.
0: Mm, I love that. And I really just want what you said at the very start of that to land for people that Even if you are having a period but it's irregular and you've got a few different things going on, yes, you can still get pregnant. And, you know, I feel like this title and and your book, it's just helping so many people and it's putting so many people at ease. So I want to know what are some of the common things that you see really help women get pregnant? Because it is mind-blowing. The statistics now I can list off from the top of my head, one friend, five years, another friend, three and a half years, another friend, three years, another friend, a year and a half, another friend, a year and a half. Like that's just off the top of my head. So I always thought though, like, cause when I was in my late teens and early twenties, I was on the pill for seven years. And I literally thought that like, if a man came near me during that time or looked at me during that time, we would get pregnant. No one told me that there's like only like a 25% chance each month. Mm
1: -hmm. Each month. And there's really only like a couple days each month. So it's, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, we don't need to get political, but a lot of fear mongering, I think that exists. And it's in, maybe it has good intentions to prevent women from getting pregnant, but many women are unnecessarily put on the pill and for long periods of time. But, you know, yeah one in seven, one in eight couples, you know, millions, one in, you know, it's, it's a lot of people impacted by fertility. I mean, I think there's so many reasons. Ultimately, I do think, yeah, the birth control pill is playing a role with women are on it for, you know, for 10, 15 years. It takes a long time to reestablish a normal ovulatory function after going off. It's like at least six to nine months. It could be 12 months in some women. And in those 12 months, that's when they could decide that they're not getting pregnant. So they seek fertility. That's unnecessary because maybe they just needed more time to reestablish the cycle. I think it's diet. You know, there's a lot of poor quality food out there or we're not eating enough. There's a lot of different diets out there and misinformation about diets. I think it's, you know, the pressure days as women to do it all. Environmental toxins. Environmental toxins are tremendous, you know, tremendous. Since the 80s, we've introduced over 100,000 chemicals into our environment, and all of them are endocrine disrupting chemicals. And then on top of that, most women have been endocrinely disrupted, if you will. So, yeah, I see. I see all of those things. You know, endometriosis is a big one. I see celiac playing a big role. Hashimoto's plays a big role. You know, my my most recent book is called Body Belief: Immunity and How to Heal Autoimmunity. And I and I really wrote that you know, I mean, you're an author, so you know this part too, like Hay House didn't want a fertility book on autoimmunity. They wanted an autoimmunity book, you know, so because I'd already written a fertility book, so I had to be more general, but that for this autoimmune girl that is not getting pregnant, these unexplained infertility cases that go on for three to four years, there is something bigger going on. And that's what I've discovered. I mean, I'm not the only one, but that's what I see clinically is I got to get to the root of the problem. There's usually an Autoimmune condition, whether it be endometriosis, which is autoimmune, PCOS, which has autoimmune characteristics, we'll just say Hashimoto's. Uh, I mean, same same amount of women. I think it's one in three women in there by the time they're forty are going to have a thyroid condition, and most percent of them are Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune condition, which will trigger the body to not be able to conceive as easily as possible. Uh, I think MTN MTHFR mutation plays a huge role. So there's just so many things that Unfortunately, I think our has gotten us away from inherently and, and I think automatically managing and where we're losing the, you know, we're losing our health. And I always say fertility is a luxury. Fertility is when there's an overflow, there's energy and blood and energy coming through your body and your body's like, hey, I got the goods. I want to make a baby. Like I got all this stuff to give up and we just aren't really running on abundance I think physically or, or vitally, if you will.
0: Yeah, and I think that is because of the amount of stress. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, and not just stress in our system, but like emotional, physical, environmental, all of these stresses which is depleting the chi. And I love what you say in the book where you say infertility is not a thing. Like you don't use that word. You're like, there's no such thing. Like there's no such thing. Unless you don't have a uterus. So I love that you say that because it really does give hope to so many women and especially like my girlfriend, like your book gave her so much hope. And, and I just want to thank you on behalf of her for that. You know, it's so beautiful. Your work is amazing. Oh, Thank you. So tell me, with everything that you know, like I remember nine years ago, one of my good friends, she's been on my podcast. Her name is Dr. Nat Gringudis. I'm not sure if you know her. I love Nat. Are you kidding me? She's like a sister. I love her to pink Oh, yay. <laughs> so she's one of my dear friends. And I first met her like maybe eight or nine years ago. And I was like, I don't really need to kind of look into her work because she's very much into fertility. And I was like, I love your work and I love what you're doing, but like, I'm not trying to have a baby. And she said to me, Melissa, being fertile isn't just about making babies. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, being fertile means everything is functioning. Everything is flowing. And I love that you talk about The three life forces there's chi, there's essence, and then there's blood. So, can you talk about those and tell us how we can cultivate more chi, more blood, and more essence? Yeah, those are the three vital substances. And
1: without them, so chi is the one, the QI, the one that most people know of from acupuncture, and it's a foreign substance to us. It is what we call our vital energy and kind of. I guess the appearance of it, if you will, since it's a mystical in a sense, the Chinese character is the right, the steam that rises above rice when you cook it. So it's, it's literally like you can't quite see it, but you can feel it. It's moist. It's, it kind of penetrates, right? And that's qi. And so qi is what you could see as, like, we say anything without qi is dead, right? And so even that's processed packaged foods too. There's no qi in processed packaged foods, right? So they're dead. It's dead food. And it gives you no life force, you know? So to think about qi, and qi and blood are very interdependent. You can't have one without the other. If there's no qi, then blood gets stuck. It gets dry, it gets cold, hardens. If there's no blood, then qi can't really flow as easily as it wants to. Super, super important together. And and blood is blood. We all know what blood is. And we say in Chinese medicine, and you know, we make there's two places we make our blood from the food we eat and the air we breathe in. And And the air we breathe in could be the toxins, but it's also there's like a deeper it's the air we breathe in it's how we take in our world right you know and it's like how that impacts us so i kind of look at that as our, our belief systems too and you know how we're perceiving things and all of that can impact our blood and ultimately our chi is kind of like our genetic predisposition it's like what we're born with you know chinese medicine has basically had this premise of epigenetics for thousands of years you know and so epigenetics is is new-ish, I suppose, to the world of genetics, where we used to once, you know, if if your mom had heart disease or she had fertility problems, guess what? You're screwed, you know? And But that's not the case anymore. We now know that how we live our life impacts our genes and whether they turn on or turn off. And that's what essence is in Chinese medicine. It's like you're, you're born with a mom and dad, and then you can build it throughout your life if you sleep enough and you process your emotions and you live in accordance with the seasons and you you eat a proper diet and all of these things, but you can also burn it ahead of its basically like age yourself before your time if you're not not processing emotions properly, not eating enough, you know, doing harm to your body in in some way or fashion. And don't be scared because we've all had those moments. Like I had an eating disorder for a long time, and I definitely depleted my blood. And you can build it back. You know, I got pregnant in my 40s, and it's like you can do that too. And so to to know that too, that's the beautiful thing about Chinese medicine. We don't say like you're done, you know, we say, okay, now you can build it back up. That's why we don't like, I mean, I never use that. that big. It's not true. There's not, it's not a switch, you know, you're not on or off. It's just, that's, it's BS. There's a spectrum. You might need a little fertility rejuvenation, which is what I talk about in the book, right? You might need a little coaxing in this direction, but it's not on or off. And that, that to me is the, and also that the emotions and the stress really play a role in all of that too. So it's not just diet, it's not just supplements. And as if you know Nat, you might know Nicole Jardim too, and she says they they have a podcast together. But uh, Nicole, I always quote her. She says, "You, you have a crappy diet, you know, or a crappy lifestyle, right?" So you know, there's people always like, "Oh, can I take acai to improve my eye quality?"
0: I'm like, "Well, you could. Are you doing everything else?" Still? <laughs> Yeah, but if you're still highly stressed and spraying perfume all over your body and, you know, all of those things, then there's literally no point. It is like going back to what we said at the start. It's a holistic thing. You have to look at everything, and you outline that in the book. You've got to look at your food. You've got to look at your water. You've got to look at your mindset. You've got to look at your stress, your relationships, everything. That is what builds that life force chi energy. It is. And and I think too another thing that
1: I like to talk about a lot is emotional inflammation versus physical inflammation. So there's so much conversation about physical inflammation and anti-inflammatory diet and especially when it comes to fertility that that will improve uterine lining, that will improve uterine receptivity. But no one's really paying attention to this emotional inflammation which we now know scientifically is causing just as much damage to the body on a cellular level and it's shifting our physiology and by emotion, mean the conversation you have with yourself in the privacy of your own mind. Like, are you cheering yourself on? Are you beating yourself up? Are you walking around saying that you're infertile all day long? Because A, your beliefs will dictate your behavior, which ultimately impacts your health. But B, your beliefs form neurochemicals in your brain, which will begin to shift your physiology. And so, and again, another thing like chi and blood in, in essence is beliefs are changeable and you can work on that, but you first got to pay attention to it. And so it, it's so much of the work I do. I think the tangible, here's the lifestyle, here's here the supplements, the mental, emotional work, the belief work, hard. It's hard for people, you know, and to get back into a place of hope, like like that woman I just hung up with. I mean, she's like, I don't know how you held out hope for me when I came to you and I had already had three. The doctors have just told me I'm done for, you know, and, and here she is standing 36 weeks pregnant. Like I, I just posted it on my Instagram, actually the picture of us on the Zoom call with her very pregnant belly you know, I always make them stand up and show me their belly. And it's the best part ever of my job. Um, I love that part. Then I love seeing the newborn baby. I I really love the pregnant. There's something about that woman being able to be pregnant when she was told she couldn't. It's just, it's amazing. It's the best part. It's transformative. And she said to me, you know, you, you, this wasn't just about fertility. You healed me on so many levels, you know, like childhood and like, you know, that's the stuff that's where I really dig in. And I love that part. And, I get into that in the book for certain, you know. But it's just like, what else are you giving birth to? What is your fertility story? What is the story you're telling yourself? Because believe it or not, those thoughts do dictate how you make what you see in the world, you know. And so I could see why you don't have much hope, you know, because you are seeing right. I mean, especially for you, you have how many women that you know that really struggled with trying to get pregnant? So that starts to become part of the story. Oh, it's hard to get pregnant. It's hard to get pregnant. All my friends are having a hard time. You no, know? and so there's this. There's just a lot of, I, I see a lot of trauma and anxiety that exists around it too. And you know you have a lot of women that are doing the diet and the supplements and they've read the book, but they're still not getting pregnant. So what else is going on? You know, and we have to look deeper.
0: Yes. And restoring that hope, you know, hopelessness is a very deep emotion. And whether that is not just to do with fertility, with anything, any area of your life, if you're feeling hopeless with your health or with your relationships or with your career, whatever it is, it's a very heavy feeling on your chest, but you can come back from it. So how do you help women move back from the hopelessness? How do you help them move up? Yeah, it's not black and white. And I
1: always say that it's, it's, you have to talk yourself off the ledge as my spiritual teacher, Abraham Hicks would say. So I get to focus on fertility. I don't I don't care what FSH or AMH is. Uh, put it aside. I don't want to hear about it. Like I love you and I bless you and if the numbers are good, we can celebrate them, but if they're not, we just ignore them and we focus on the other what I call kinks in the system. So what do you sleep like how's your skin? How's your anxiety? How's your you know, your bowel movements every day? How do you sleep? How are your relationships? Do you feel supported? Do you feel heard? How's your relationship with yourself? And so I initially have, you know, go through and find the kinks in the system. And I have an e-course that I've built off of yes, you can get pregnant. And it goes into a lot more depth, but you know, lots of women will will go through that course and we'll have them identify the kinks in the system. And it could just be a painful menstrual period or, or clots in the period, or maybe it's, you know, miscarriages or that type of thing. And each month, even if we get a period, we celebrate the changes. And so what I try to get them to understand is like fertility is really hard to measure. Even f- can't measure egg quality, it's just unless we go in IVF, PGS test them. And now there's even questions about the, you know, how accurate that testing is and does it do damage to, to the embryo, but we can't really gauge fertility. Even AMH and FSH predictors of ovarian reserve and they change When you improve ovarian blood flow, you're going to improve AMH. When you improve estrogen, the way it's cleared out of the body, FSH will improve. You know, and that's stuff you see clinically all the time. So that's also why I don't pay that much attention to them. But what we can do to how your chi blood and essence are changing as you're doing these things and start to see like, oh, I got a period this month. I was sad. I let myself feel all the sadness, but it wasn't as cloudy and I didn't really have any PMS and I don't feel wiped out or I didn't get that headache are better or you know, I used to get migraines with a period. I don't get that anymore. And so we just start to build hope that way of like my body is changing. And although I can't Little Step. Yeah, it's just incremental. And that's I mean, that's kind of what you have to do. And then I'm also, you know, fortunate to have been doing I got a lot of success stories. So I dump the social proof on them too. And that's another good way to really build hope is like, listen, you're not alone. There's I've had I've had three of you already, you know, and this is what's happened and we can do this. And that that helps them a lot. You know, we have our Facebook, which, you know, it's secret. So everybody's in there secretly. And it's just the way these women support each other and cheer each other on. It really does. It helps restore hope. And so even if they don't have it for themselves, it's interesting that they'll have it for other women. And then
0: it starts to, you know, it's just come back to life for them. I love that. Can you tell us one of the best stories that you've experienced? Yeah, one just
1: came to mind before. So uh, I'll tell that one. Yes, yeah, she was seeing us in the clinic, right? So I'm an acupuncturist. I have two clinics in the city and one up in Nyack in Rockland County. And this woman was seeing my associate in my Nyack office. And then she was alternating seeing me. I was only up there once a month. So I would see her then my associate, Heather, would see her for eight years at this point. Wow. How old was she? 42 at this point. Okay. And never been pregnant. Never. And never had a successful fertility. So she's done about 20 some odd fertility treatments.
0: Like IVF?
1: IV. She was doing mini IVF. So you do a lot more retrievals than you do transfers, IUIs. And... And never even got an embryo that made it to blastocyst, which basically means stable enough to transfer or to test to PGS genetic screening. So you can tell if it's chromosomally normal or not, but never had a positive pregnancy test and basically had a pretty normal cycle. But she did have what I would say is a good amount of kinks in her system. She had migraines. She had she had joint pain that was kind of like indescribable for her age she was pretty young to have like joint pain the way she had joint pain her period was you know would knock her out she was pretty wiped out from her period and so we were working with her with acupuncture and er- gradually improving and I had her on supplements you know, and her relationship was definitely challenged at this point, too, because it's eight years of trying to make a baby. And it was just there was a disconnect there, too. Like things were hard. Overall, life was hard. And I got her to do some emotional work. I had her read the book Spirit Babies, you know, and we would have really in-depth conversations at the treatments. Like a lot of my treatments, I spent a good amount of time with my patients. And, you know, we really kind of go deep. And she didn't always open up with me. But, you know, eventually I I, I wore her down. And (laughs) she started but I got her to follow the diet. So she was on the diet in the Yes, You Can Get Pregnant book and things weren't changing the way I wanted them to. And I was, I was at the time writing body belief, which is like I said, more about autoimmunity. And I said to her, I'm going to put you on this diet, you know, so it's like autoimmune paleo, but with some like Chinese medicine quirks in there, lots of bone broth and things of that nature. And things started to shift. So she, her, her headaches went away. Her allergies went away. Her joint pain went away. I got her off of. I always tell the story, all my girls eating green lentils every day. And she was soaking them. She was doing all the right things with these green lentils. But I was like, her, her bowels were still off and she still had this seasonal allergy stuff. And I was like, I, you know, the lectins and the beans, I want to pull the beans. I mean, she was not happy with me. And so I pulled seeds. She was eating a lot of seeds, like sesame seeds, because it's really good for fertility. You know, that's what we're told. And, and I, I don't disagree in a lot of cases. But something wasn't shifting. And so anyway, we pulled the seeds and she's going in for another retrieval. So we're hoping to do IVF if we can get it. And, and the follicle isn't even making it like it's not growing the way they want to. And so the doctor cancels the cycle and she's, she's absolutely devastated. And, uh, you know, they decide maybe we're going to look into adoption, you know, like this. And we have this phone call about, her, you know, the supplements maybe are too expensive at this point. Can I, I don't really want to continue if nothing's working you know, she's like, the doctors told me we could try naturally at home, but they've been basically trying naturally for eight years, you know, and now she's 42. So what are the chances? And how the story ends is, yes, naturally with a baby boy who's now a year old. And it is incredible, you know, but what's even more interesting is I'll do a lot of work with, there's a couple autoimmune fertility specialists in the city, especially that I'm pretty close with. And I still had her, once she got pregnant, I still made her go and see them because They monitor the pregnancies differently and they look for these autoimmune factors. And she decided to start having seeds again, tahini, because she wanted more calcium, right? And so I said, go ahead, try it. And so what was interesting is she got a headache and her season and the autoimmune factors that the doctor was looking at skyrocketed. So her immune system actually started like freaking out basically over the tahini. And so we pulled it again, but he wanted to put her on like a high dose steroids because he was so concerned that her body was gonna attack which is just, it's just very interesting though, that the, the diet itself had such an impact, you know, and I do believe, and she, she'll say it too, that like the spiritual component, like me, I pushed her to really open up to that side. She started kind of like playing with her spirit baby and talking to allowing herself to have hope again. She didn't have hope and she wasn't allowing herself to have it. So I think those two things combined, you know, it was just such a, yeah. And so at 42, she gave birth after eight years, she did a, uh, alive with me last year. I, you can find the the page was beautiful. But that's just one case. There's so many like that. It is. I mean, even the woman I was just talking to, I think she was five years into this journey and and four losses, you know, by the time she finally got pregnant. It is. It's devastating and challenging, but Charles, I have the luxury of having hope because I see these cases, you know, I have the luxury of, of seeing the success. And so you know, I make a joke. I say, I'll sit over there in my optimistic corner and you can come and meet me when you're ready. You know, no pressure, but I'm going to hold out hope for you. You know, it's, it's nice.
0: Yeah. It's so beautiful and so important, such an important role because, you know, maybe there are the partner or the family members that don't have the hope. And so then they're feeding that as well. So your role is such a beautiful and important role. And I'm so grateful there's people out there like you that can hold space for women that are having a longer journey to meet their beautiful angel. It's like a lot of it is accepting
1: too, that like, this isn't how I saw my life unfold. isn't what I wanted it to look like, you know, so I I think in the world of, you know, positive affirmations and self-help, and I'm all for those in the right moments, there's a lot of pressure on women to not feel the feelings and let themselves grieve where they're at. A really important part. And I try to do that where it's like, I think you have every right to be pissed off and sad, you know, and process that and feel that and talk about it. But maybe you can only talk about it in this safe environment with these people, because they're the only ones who really can get it, you know, and so you
0: create that space. It is about processing
1: and holding space. It really is about holding
0: space. Mm, yeah, beautiful. I've been, you know, as soon as I met my husband, Going on almost seven years ago, we have been in trimester zero for that whole time because we knew that one day we want to have babies and It wasn't in our mind then, but we were like, we got to get our bodies ready. So I've been doing a lot of physical work and a lot of emotional work. I had to do a lot of inner child healing, you know, with my relationship with my mother, a lot of that mother wound, that mother line. And it was painful at the time, but I'm so glad I did it and I've done so much inner child healing work. So I love that what you do is you focus on, yes, the physical, but also the emotional and the spiritual. And it's so important because it's a holistic package, which we have spoke about at the very start of this. I have to interrupt this conversation to tell you about one of today's podcast sponsors, Blue Blocks. Now, if you follow me on social media, you will know that I love wearing my blue light blocking glasses every single day because they help alleviate digital eye strain, keep your hormones balanced, and help you get a deeper, more restorative sleep. I love blue blocks because they are backed by science and made in Australia, which means they are very high quality and not mass produced. All their glasses come in readers, prescription and non-prescription. And you can even send in your own frames and have them add their lens technology to your frames. And for every pair purchased, they donate a pair of reading glasses to Restoring Vision who then gift them to someone in need in the developing countries. How awesome is that? So to get 15% off, head to blueblocks.com. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com and enter the code MELISSA at the checkout. Now let's get back to the conversation. I would love to hear from you. I recently started getting regular acupuncture every week and doing herbs. One of my best girlfriends does classical Chinese medicine and she's an incredible practitioner. And she was like, you know, come and have a session. I was like, okay. And I have had acupuncture so many different times in my journey over the past 10 years. And to be honest, I don't feel really much different when I leave. I don't feel worse and I don't feel better. Like the 20 minutes laying there asleep is like the best thing ever for me. It's so good. And same with the herbs. Like, you know, she's putting me on some different digestive herbs and things like that. So for someone who may have the same reaction to me as where I don't really feel much different or worse, tell us, not just for fertility, what is the power of acupuncture and herbs mixed with the entire holistic lifestyle package that we spoke about, how can that boost our essence, our chi and our blood? And do you really think it's necessary? Yes, I do think
1: it's necessary. I don't know that you have to go every single So although I do. I mean, I love acupuncture on a weekly basis. Some of my clients will come every other week, some even just once a month. I do find herbs extremely powerful as well. So yeah, what I say to patients is, you know, the way I see acupuncture is I, I'm aggravating the body to function. Basically, sticking, you know, I do my diagnosis and I don't think you should see anyone who doesn't spend like a good solid hour with you, who really peels back all the layers of your onion and knows everything about your body, feels your pulses, looks at your tongue and makes it. And diagnosis. And then we choose points based on what we've determined is, you know, where chi is. We say, so any disease, which is disharmony, dysfunction in the body is basically chi getting stuck somewhere. It's not flowing properly. So what the they encourage chi to flow properly. So yeah, I mean, from a fertility perspective, we can help chi flow through the ovaries and the uterus or the reproductive system better and improving blood flow in those areas will improve their function. We know that. We know that physiologically when we improve blood flow to an organ or to tissue, it functions better. And that's, I guess, generally speaking across the board for any part of the body, if we're just improving blood flow and circulation, which is I think how you can look at what acupuncture does in a very simplistic way, we're to be better nourished, better hydrated, uh, better supported. And even if you don't feel, you know, and I don't either, it's it's kind of feel, I always say it feels like someone hit my reset button. It's kind of like this real deep rest. And then I just go about my day and because I'm not going conditions. So I think that's what's harder too, is like, I'm just going in for general well-being, but I have treated specific conditions and it helps like an ankle sprain or something like that, a GI issue, ovarian cyst I had recently. That was really fun. And acupuncture helped with that too in Chinese. But so, you know, you look at it, it's just basically encouraging the body to function better. So what acupuncture does is it can't add qi or blood to your body. It just moves it around. So then we have the herbs, which can help. Add chi and blood to the body so, you know twigs and roots and leaves and things of that nature, and I drink my Chinese herbs every day as well, and that can add substance that can that can tonify your jing, that can tonify your chi, that can tonify your blood that can that can stagnation, and then couple that with dietary and lifestyle shifts and so then you get this whole package, but that's why I always say acupuncture is just one piece of Chinese medicine, so you could do the acupuncture. And it would help. And there's a lot of people that do, you know, that, that fertility style, you get on the table and then boom, 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 and they don't make any other recommendations to you. I don't love that. I don't think it's the best approach. You know, I think really it's an investment. It's an individualized treatment. And that's really how I try to do it. And herbs are very individualized, very passionate about my Chinese herbs and then each specific, you know, formulation for each specific patient. And same thing with the needles. And the needles also, what I see them do is they open up like little doorways or little windows. And if like things need to come out or memories need to come out or you need to cry or you need to laugh or, you know, whatever that is, it's, it's, it's amazing for that. So you might not see these, you know, moment to moment shifts, but over time, you almost see that there's more space in the body for these changes to be made. Do you think it helps? clear things out and you know even say some of the inner child work it supports people in allowing that stuff to come up and out you know and then creates uh, you know that's basically what this client and i were talking about before i got on on this call with you. i brought up for her a lot of the traumas that she had in her childhood and she really sees that that made the space for this child to finally come through you know and and, and she did all the diet and the supplements of course too and she's doing her acupuncture and all those things and i do think they all work kind of we're just encouraging that body to say okay do you what does this serve you anymore do you need this like let's put some chi here let's move some things over here and then ultimately you know but it was designed or is meant to be a preventative medicine you know acupuncture and and especially see we tend to get people who are already dealing with a challenge so we really have to work harder to peel back those layers
0: Mm, and it's something great that you can just add to your wellness toolkit. You know, yeah, to add to everything else that you're doing that's amazing for your body. I love in your book that you've got affirmations and you've got so many incredible resources for people to really feel hope again. So I love that so much. I would love to hear how do you move through your day? What are your rituals? What are your morning routines? Take us through like a typical day for you. And all of the practices that you do to really serve and inspire you and all the self-care practices. I'd love to hear what your day's like. Or,
1: or in pandemic or post pandemic? Because life is really different right now. Very different. Yeah, give us a bit of both. Yeah, no. So yeah, things are a little upside down at the moment in a fine way. We're all healthy and sane and that's, I'm grateful for that. But yeah, I try on a regular basis that I, I try to get up before everyone else in the house. So I have a four-year-old and then I have a, a 48-year-old, I guess. My husband is 48. Yeah, so th- it's the three of us in the house. And in the morning and I I love my coffee. That's my ritual. But I have a ritual that I do. It's French press, so it takes a while to make. So I meditate while it's sleeping. Uh even if that's five to seven minutes. Sometimes that meditation happens in bed and it's just breathing. But I try to do that every single day. And that really can set the framework. And, you know, in that visualization, I'll set some intentions for the day or just the way I see my day unfolding or, or just even focus on what I'm grateful for. It just kind of, depends. I do take that time for myself and the breathing is so important. And then, you know, I pretty much always have my coffee with some protein and some fat. I try not to have it on an empty stomach. You know, my breakfast is always very nourishing. That's my, one of my favorite try to get at least two servings of greens in with every single meal. That's kind of my goal. They're more cooked than raw. I do lots of bone broth with, you know, egg drop soup kind of thing I'll make for breakfast. You know, and I kind of plan out the day. And I'm still doing that in the pandemic, whatever we want to call this, which has been very helpful. I still make my son's lunch as if he's going to school every day. And I notice that that actually keeps me in the rhythm of of the way of the normalcy. And that's super helpful. I don't exercise at the same exact time every day. It really, my day is different depending if I'm going to the clinic or working from home. So, but I will always fit in, even if it's like a 20 minute strength class on my Peloton app in my office, you know what I mean? I fit something in, but I do like to go for runs or I get on the spin bike or I'm doing a strength class, stretching and you know, I think food is the most important thing. I really plan out my di- my food for the day and for, and for family, for our dinner. I think about that and my, my little guy's food. What else is, you know, and I mean, I guess it's just moving through my day. The, the biggest thing I try to do is be as aware as I possibly can be. And, you know, I like to know my schedule ahead of time and really plan it out in my head and see how I'm showing up in each particular way. And I've noticed too that that helps me you know, cause I'm showing up and I, and I sincerely, you know, from the bottom of my heart, practice what I preach. And if I don't, I'm honest about it. I'm not perfect by any means. And, you know, I'm definitely not a robot and I have my moments and I enjoy some red, you know, and that kind of thing. I drink lots of water, but I really do try to be present with my feelings and my emotions and speak my truth and you know, community is important to me. My friendships are important to me. And, you know, I do the best I can do to prioritize that day of the week. And and right now, during this time, it's challenging, you know, if I'm honest. But I'm making it work and, you know, community and friendship is still really important and that's really helping a lot. And you know, we just get like our downtime to be and you know, we laugh a lot, and you know, we we have a good sex life, and I and I want to keep it fun and happy and healthy, and not you know pressur.y We're we're currently trying to conceive another child, and I had a miscarriage back in September, and so that's also I've been very honest about that on on social media, and that was super super amazing. To be honest, um, I keep on saying honest, but. You know, and so even in that space for us as we're pursuing another child or opening up to that sex life fun and the, the why behind all of this, what is our why and staying connected to that. I love that.
0: That's so beautiful. And there's a couple of things in that that I really love that you mentioned, like preparation being key, moving through your day with intention and mindfulness. I love that. Because there's no point in sitting down and meditating in the morning and sitting down and meditating in the afternoon. If you're then running through your day like a chaotic stress head, it's like you've got to take that meditation and do everything throughout your day as a moving meditation. So I love that. And then I also love the importance of connection that you said, because, you know, isolation is a form of torture. And right now with COVID, a lot of us are spending time, you know, more at home. I'm in Australia where Fair few of the restrictions have been lifted. So I feel very grateful about that. We're allowed to see people now. We're allowed to gather. We're allowed to have picnics with smaller groups. We're allowed to sit on the beach, you know. And so I'm very grateful. And I didn't realize, you know, how much it affected me not seeing my girlfriends. Like I just, I love my husband so much, but he's not that same feminine energy. And I just, you know, really realized how much I get lit up by those connections with my girlfriend. So I love that you said that, you know, it's such an important piece of this holistic puzzle that we keep coming back to, especially with fertility, you know, like it can feel very isolating. It can feel very lonely and we don't have to do this alone. And so, you know, find some, some like-minded people who can support you on this journey and be their rock as well. I love that you mentioned that. And then also the play and the fun. with your husband, it's so important. You know, if you watch my Instagram, I will pop up dancing videos of my husband and I. That brings me so much joy. And like for him, it probably doesn't bring him as much joy, but he doesn't for me. It's so cool because he knows how much joy it brings me. And so we have this little thing where like a song a day because everyone has time for at least one song every single day. If you don't have time, like if you're telling yourself that you don't have time for one, two or three minute song. So like he'll say to me, when's our one song? And I'm like, let's do it now. And so just before we're about to eat dinner or he's about to go to the gym or whatever it is, we just have this one song and it brings so much joy. And, you know, we've been married for almost seven years and it's still I wrote a book on it. It's called Open Wide, A Radically Real Guide to Deep Love, Rocking Relationships and Soulful Sex. Because if you are not investing in your relationship, it's like a plant. If you don't water it, guess what's going to happen? It's going to die. And so you need to invest time and love and energy into your relationship and relationships, and especially with your Partner, because you want that relationship, the most intimate relationship you have, to really flourish and thrive and grow. So I love that you mentioned that. It's really, really important stuff. So thank you. Oh, thank you. I'd love to hear now if you could put one book in the school curriculum of every high school around the world. So a book for boys and girls, besides your books. Let's presume they're already in the curriculum because they should be. Absolutely. So I want to know, what is one book that you would
1: choose? You know, what comes up first is Seven Spiritual Laws of Success by Deepak Chopra. So good. So good. That book really changed my life in so many ways. So much so, like I, heard, I listened to it, you know, I've, I've had the honor of meeting him a couple of times and it's like, it trips me out because like I hear the chapters in my head. <laughs> I'm like between point A and point B there's a million ways to get there. Um I think I think that book. I do. I think I And there's also the Wayne Dyer, the the 10 steps to success and abundance, I think it's called. But
0: I think I'd go with the book Amazing. We'll link to both of those books in the show notes as well as your books and your online program. We'll link to everything in the show notes so everyone can grab those. So yeah, I love both of those books. They're incredible books. Now I've got three rapid fire questions for you. Are you ready? Okay. So in your opinion, what is one thing that we can do today for our health? Just one tweak that we could do. Slow down. Mm, Yes. (laughs) I love that. That's one thing that I've absolutely loved about this time.
1: Oh my God, same.
0: Oh my gosh. And I was chatting to a friend and I'm like, I don't want it to go back to rush, rush, rush and do, do, do. I don't want it to go back to that. I do
1: this thing where it's in body belief, but I call it the instant reconnect, where I just say to myself when I'm like, where are you? And, and it's just my way of being like, oh, right, I'm right here. I'm right here right now with Melissa. Like I'm not at, you know, bedtime in 30 minutes or, you know, whatever it is like, no, I'm right here. I'm right here. Slow down. And when you slow down, I just do think you're just more conscious decision for the food and the water and the supplements. And the, so I do think it's one of the most important things we can do for our health.
0: Yes, absolutely agree. What is one thing that we can do for our wealth? So more abundance in all areas of our life?
1: Focus on created all the amazingness. I do this tool that I got from one of my coaches, Nick Bro is his name. He just wrote a book called Power Manifesting. It's awesome. But just look around and you're like, I created that and I created that and I created that. I created that because it just gives you that sense of power. Like, okay. And I can uncreate that. I can change that. But
0: yeah, I created that. And that's a great way to bring in more wealth. I love that so much because with social media and this world that we live in now, it's very easy to slip into what I call comparisonitis. And it's very easy to feel that lack. Well, I'm not doing that. I haven't. Well, she's created that. I've written two books, but she's written seven. And I've written, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's crazy that spiral that we can slide deep into. So I love that focus on what you do already have, what you have already created. One thing that I do that really helps me is I have an achievement list in my computer. And so it's like 2020 and all of the achievements, everything that I'm proud of, everything that I've created. And anytime I do anything that I'm proud of, that I've created, that I want to high five myself for, I add to that list. And then if I'm ever feeling really down or, you know, my inner mean girl is like, you're not good enough or whatever, I go and reread that list. And, and I might put things in there like, you know, I'm really proud that I launched this book or, you know, this email that I got, you know, where this lady shared how I changed her life. I'm really proud of that or bought my dream home. But then also like, I'm really proud that I was really present today. You know, on this day, I was really present or I didn't yell at, I have a stepson. I call him my bonus son. I didn't yell at him. I didn't raise my voice or whatever it is. So whatever you can add to this list and then keep adding to it all year. And then at the end, like, Share it with your partner or someone you love. It's such a beautiful way to reflect back and just, you know, look at all the amazing things that you've done.
1: That's it. I love that. It's a great, it is. It's really nice. And you just build upon it. And then it's a good reminder. Yeah. Comparison is the root of all suffering, right? Buddha said that, I think.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yep. It sure is. Okay. The last one. What is one thing that we can do for more love in our life?
1: Love ourselves more. Be like compassion self compassion, the more compassionate we are with ourselves and understanding with ourselves, it's just so much easier to to invite more love, receive more love I mean I think especially when it comes yeah you know, I think so much of what I do is i it just help women learn how to nurture and nourish themselves again, and then from there, it's just they get more into that that divine feminine space where they're just receiving, and then the more you can receive love, the more you can give love just. But it really does. I think Oprah said it, right? The most important person in your life is you. You know, you got to love
0: yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, it's self-love, compassion. Yeah. So important. So important. Amy, this has been amazing. I would love for you to share anything else, any last parting words of wisdom, any advice, anything you wanted to talk about that you didn't get to talk about, or you know, maybe something that you would say to that woman who has been sitting there struggling for five six seven eight years anything you'd like to share
1: ultimately that you have the power to to change your health and and improve your fertility which is the mantra throughout yes you can get pregnant and that if you still have the desire for a child then right to believe that there is a child who wants to come through That is just the spiritual connection that is there and that exists. And even if the world thinks you're insane, you know, I still support you.
0: Mm, Beautiful. Thank you so much. And you do support so many people. You do serve so many people with your books, all of your online work, everything in clinic. You are of service to so many people and such a light to so many people. So I want to honor you and I want to thank you so much. And I want to know, how can we serve you? What can we do to give back to you? Because you serve others so well and so often. How can we serve you?
1: Oh, I love that. Well, I also want to say thank you to you and all the service you do for so many. So thank you.
0: How can you serve me? I guess
1: follow me on uh, Instagram. You know, I think that's a good way to start. Follow. Yeah, spread the love, you know, talk about if you know someone who maybe needs this book, share the link with them. Yeah, it's my favorite thing to do is to be of service and to, you know, I I look at it as, um, I'm helping these women become the best versions of that way. We're helping the world become a better place one baby at a time because we're making one, you know, rock solid mama at a
0: time. So yeah, I think that's the best way you could serve me is to spread that. We can definitely do that. And we'll link to your Instagram in the show notes. And, you know, you are, you are helping women become the healthiest, the happiest, and the most self-loving version of themselves. And when you help women do that, think about the conscious babies that are going to come through them.
1: That's it. I've heard that spoken before from some of these spirit baby mediums where they say you should almost look at your fertility journey as an honor. the child that wants to come through is nudging you in this direction to say, you know, I need, I need you to figure this part out first, Mama, so you can be the mom that I need you to be. And you're bringing in future light workers, and I think that I, I try to look at it like that too. That that's it. It's all a great. It sucks and the struggle is hard, but if you can start to see it as there's there's a blessing in there, and then in the, there's divine timing, and you're you can't get it wrong, and and you never get it done.
0: Mm, Beautiful. Thank you so much, Amy. This has been incredible. And if you are listening and you have a girlfriend or you are in that space, please pick up this book and gift it to them because it's such a gift. And I just want to thank you and honor you so much for being here. And it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Wasn't that amazing? I highly recommend you go and get her books especially, yes, you can get pregnant. I just love her take on there's no such thing as infertility. I have so many of my best, best, best soul sisters who have struggled for five years, for three years, for two years, for one year. And I know that this book helped them so much. So please pick it up and share this episode with as many of your girlfriends as you possibly can. Please subscribe if you got a lot out of this episode, because that means that we can share this message with so many more women. And please, 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 if this helped you, leave a review. You can leave a review on iTunes and don't forget to email me a screenshot of your review to hello at melissaambrosini.com and I'll send you my wildly wealthy guided meditation as a little thank you. And come and follow me on Instagram at Melissa Ambrosini and tell me your top key takeaways from this episode in the Instagram post. I absolutely love reading what you guys get out of each episode. So please come and share that. And for everything that Amy and I mentioned in today's show, you can check out in the show notes and that's over at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 313. And you can also listen to all my other episodes there too. And before I go, I just wanted to say, yes, you can get pregnant. And thank you so much for being here. I love you. I honor you. I'm so grateful that you choose to come and spend some time with me. I wish you could all come over for a cup of tea and some raw chocolate brownies, but this is the next best option. Thank you for being here. Thank you for wanting to be the best, the healthiest, and the happiest version of yourself and for showing up today for you. You rock. Now, if there is a soul sister in your life that would really benefit from this episode, please, please, please share it with them right now. Actually, share it on your social media. You can take a screenshot of it, text it to them, email it to them. Just do whatever you've got to do to get this message out there and into their ears. Because so many women lose hope and lose faith in this pregnancy journey. And by reading this book and hearing this episode, you can give them back that faith. Such a beautiful gift. And until next time, my darling, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Before I go, don't forget, if you are a female coach, consultant, or a service provider wanting to take your business to six or seven figures, check out SheLaunch. All you have to do is head to SheLaunch.com, watch the free training on that page, and book in your free call. That's SheLaunch.com. Head there right now, and I cannot wait to meet and work with you and take you and your business to the stars. Now is the time, my friend.